What's up, family? I know it's been a while, but your girl is jumping right back in. So uh, go grab a coffee or a tea um, uh, and let's get this episode rolling. Things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chotty? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Okay, so I know I have some explaining to do uh, as I've been super MIA for like a year. Well, full disclosure, many of you already know that in August of 2021, I think that was correct, my husband and I uh, walked away from jobs we really loved and cultivated for about 10 years because we felt the Lord uh, clearly say that we needed to set that dream down in order to pick up something else he had for us. We didn't know what that was but we obeyed, we resigned, uh, and then we sat and waited and uh, planned on taking a pretty significant sabbatical. My husband jumped fully in. Um, The problem with that is I did not take a sabbatical. (laughs) I took a job in New York City as a creative director director, uh, at a company I really love, and I relaunched uh, also my media company um, that had been lying dormant for about 10 years, as well as I launched some passion projects And I got signed to a literary agent and then I got a book deal and then God asked us to move cities and take a lead pastor role of Liberty Church St. Pete. To say that I have been doing the most would be a major understatement. Uh, But I cry in corners. Please know that it has has been at the forefront of my mind and my heart because my brand new book that comes out in August of 2023 that I just finished is called I Cry in Corners. It's the same premise as the podcast, but it is all new content, content you have never heard, content you have never heard me um, preach about or uh, talk about. It is um, all brand new for you guys. And so um, I can't wait to share it with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff coming down the pipeline with it, so I can't wait to share it with you. But for right now, I now have margin to finish this season. So thank you for your patience and for sticking with me. Also in February, uh, I will be returning with full videos and season nine. Season nine will be a lot like the season where I talked about things that are not a thing. It will be called Everything is Not Content. Yeah, it's... It's not. It's not content. But I'll explain this more in a few episodes. Um, But for right now, let's finish season eight like a boss. So after 20 plus years of ministry and watching people and ministries implode, I've had to do some real searching and um, counseling regarding things I have experienced and seen in ministry um, that really suck and that could be categorized as um, church hurt or um, emotional trauma. Uh, But instead of focusing on that stuff uh, that really sucked, I've chosen to work out the struggle with things and moments that hurt me uh, with the same way Jesus navigated struggle. And the way Jesus navigated struggle was uh, with the scriptures, uh, through prayer, uh, through time alone. Uh, and through the presence of God. And so he led, uh, he led me this season to do this podcast. And um, as I have been trying to navigate crazy, hurtful stuff, um, but through those four things, through what do the scriptures say, God, what do you actually say, Lord? Um, what does solitude truly look like? And what does time in your presence um, actually do uh, when it's very, very um, intentional? 
and not because I'm in church, uh, which has led me to this podcast. And I, let me give you a quick uh, recap because I feel like I, I need to just real quick. The first episode of the season, because it's been a hot minute, was the ways of love. Uh, the second one was the ways of the spirit. I, um, I believe as followers of Jesus, you will always encounter hurting and broken people just like Jesus did. But responding in love and being led of the Holy Spirit are have-tos. If you want to navigate hurt uh, that you've encountered or been a part of uh, because maybe you were rooted in religion or something that was not the kingdom. Uh, so today, I'm going to talk about the ways of salt. Uh, if you've been in the church at any time, you probably just immediately thought of that verse in Matthew 5 that says that you're the salt of the earth. I'm going to read it in the voice translation. Matthew 5.13 says, You, beloved, are the salt of the earth. But if salt becomes bland and loses its saltiness, can anything make it salty again? No, it is useless. It is tossed out, thrown away, and trampled. And yes, we are meant to bring the kingdom seasoning to the world. I love this verse, but I'm not going to talk about this verse. Our lives and um, the people we encounter daily should always feel like kingdom seasoning is coming out of our life, our love, the way we lead, the way we serve, a flavor rooted in love um, that keeps people coming back to our lives and our moments to encounter us and be encouraged by the salt in our life. But that is not the story I want to focus on. When I talk about the ways of salt, I think more of the Old Testament story of Lot and his his wife. And so we find Lot, uh, the story is in Genesis, and he is living in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's a very infamous story. You should definitely read it. Um, and so I'm going to read a little bit of it today. And so what happens is Lot and his daughters, they're um, supposed to get married to these dudes, and these angels come. I'm going to paraphrase the Chadi version. The angels come, and the dudes of Sodom um, want to do sexy time with the angels. It gets really weird, um, and you know, because the Bible has weird stuff. And so um, the angels are like, hey, homie, you need to get out of here um, we're going to destroy the city because this place is really corrupt and so that's where I'm going to start I'm going to start in verse 14 lot get up and get out of this place the eternal one is going to destroy the city but his sons-in-law thought he was kidding so lot hears this from the angels he's like my god they're about to blow up our city he goes to his sons-in-laws and his sons-in-laws are like yeah dude we're not going anywhere and at dawn, the heavenly messengers urged Lot to action. Again, like, homie, you got to go. Lot, you need to get up and take your wife and your two daughters and get out of here. Otherwise, you will be consumed along with the rest of the city. You know, a lot of people have lost their flavor. A lot of people are living life salty. They have walked away from Jesus. They have walked away from the church. I know this. I know these people. I love these people. And, and I will tell you that sometimes you have to leave the situation you're in. And that's okay. The first thing this story teaches me about being uh, salty. See, salty is not the salt of the earth. Salty gets stuck. Salty is frustrated. Salty blocks people on the internet. Salty talks crap about situations. Salty talks crap about people in situations. Salty is not life-giving. It is not building. It is not foundational. It is broken, and um, it is wrong, and it is not kingdom at all. Jesus lived a life that was full of salt, uh, and we're going to find that Lot and his nonsense and not wanting to move and not wanting to go and uh, his family was super salty and so we find Lot not wanting to leave but sometimes guys you just have to leave if you don't leave you're gonna find yourself in the destruction of all the things that are gonna happen oh my gosh 
look, I'll be honest with you. I did not want to leave my ministry job in 2021, but I heard God so clearly it scared me. And um, at the end of the day, I would rather be obedient than comfortable. And so I found myself working and um, my husband was on sabbatical. And um, when we were approached to take Liberty Church and really just become the pastors and move here, dude, the first thing we said was no. Like, nah, we're good. We're super comfortable. We're good with what God has done and what he's doing. We were good. And But I, I will tell you, man, the last thing I wanted to do was live, leave the city that I grew up in, leave the family and the friends that I had built over 41 years. But when God says go, you need to go. When Jesus left after he said, peace be with you, and he said, go, he said, go and make disciples of the nations. Sometimes you have to leave the situation you're in, and that's okay. I just feel like I need to tell somebody that uh, some of you are working through some stuff. You just need to go. You just need to go. Uh, if you don't go, when God says go, he will very lovingly toss you out of the nest. It says that in 16, Lot kept procrastinating. So the two heavenly messengers grabbed him, his wife and his two daughters by hand. They took him outside of the city, a safe distance away, because the eternal decided to show mercy on Lot and his family. Yo, they had to physically take them out. As they were leading them to safety, one of the messengers gave them instructions. Run. Run for your lives. Don't look back or stop anywhere in the plane. Head for the hills or you'll die along with everyone else. Guys, number two. So, okay, so the first thing sometimes you have to leave to is sometimes God will push you out. He said, run, run for your lives. Don't stop anywhere. They physically took them out to a safe place. If you don't go when God says go, he'll toss you out of the nest, okay? There are people on the other side of your obedience, and some of us, when God is asking us to step out in faith, we pause because we're comfortable in, or we're scared, or we make too much money to be obedient. But either way, by the way of salt, is an active response. The way of salt is active. It says yes, it goes. It goes towards God's purposes, and it goes towards God's plan. It's not seeking comfort. It's not seeking complacency. It's seeking growth in the kingdom. It sometimes will look like packing up and leaving everything in a rush. And other times it will be a simple invite to a friend uh, who needs godly community, and you just need to invite them to church. I don't know what you need to leave, and I don't know what you need to leave, and if you don't leave, God's going to push you out. But I will tell you this, um, there is a whole lot of people that are hurt, there are a whole lot of people not following Jesus, and I think the reality of the situation is most people aren't leaving because they're scared or they're full of comfort, and then they don't even realize that God's the one pushing them out. Guys, a lot of people's church hurt, and I know this for myself, a lot of the times I was like, man, these people suck, or hey, this whole situation happened and God was like yo that was me I used them but it was me I was trying to push you out of a situation and save you I cannot tell you how many times in ministry and in life and in relationships something happened to jog me out of a situation and it was God it was God who had told me to go and I wasn't paying attention or I was comfortable or I was complacent and I missed it so God had to physically move me out of the situation I don't know what situation you're in today but I will tell you if God says go go and then we find Lot in verse 18. He says, My lords, no, I realize you have shown me great kindness and favored me by saving my life, but please, I can't run that far. 
The devastation will surely catch up with me and I'll die anyway. Look over there, there's a city. It's not too far. I could escape there. It's just a little one. Please let me go there instead and then my life will surely be saved. Man, some of us, God is asking us to go and we have such little vision for where he's taking us that we don't run where he tells us to run. The messenger says, look, as a favor to you, I won't destroy the little city you're talking about, but hurry now, escape there because I can't do anything until you arrive there safely. And because of this, the little city Lot escaped to was called Zor, which means little. Guys, God has some big dreams, some big plans, some big purposes for you, and you're so focused on whatever's behind you that you're missing out on the bigness of what God has for you, and so did Lot. Lot and his family arrived in Zor just as the sun was coming up, and then the eternal rained down sulfur and fire out of heaven onto Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed both cities along with other villages and towns in the valley and all of the people who lived there. Even the vegetation was wiped out, but Lot's wife never made it. She lagged behind her husband, and she looked back, despite the messenger's advice, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Talk about being salty. Sometimes you have to leave, and that's okay. Sometimes God will push you out, and that's okay. And then now we find that sometimes you'll have to leave others behind, and that's okay. Look, I'm big on context. I always look back to move forward. It helps me. But when God asks us to move our lives to another city to pastor, um, I will tell you this. Um, that was not what I thought God was going to do with my next season. It's not what I thought life was going to look like um, when we sold everything and moved across the state uh, to take, uh, to lead, begin to lead at this level. We didn't look back for guidance. We looked upward. We didn't make phone calls to old friends to help us in the new soil we were being planted in. We found new friends who were already planted and whose fruit was evident in kingdom, uh, in it was evident uh, with kingdom fruit. Um, you could just see it all over their lives. Guys, when God tells you to go, don't look back. Chadi, that's messed up. What about my friends? What about the people I love? I'm not saying that you will never look back. But when things are moving forward, it's usually... How do I say this? My God. When he says go, go, she lagged behind. I think when you lag behind, it's because you lack trust in who God is and who God really is. You're worried that what you're leaving behind is going to be better than what you're heading to. But when God says, go, don't look back. Don't look back toward unhealth. Don't look bad towards hurt. Or you'll just become salty. I'm not saying... Uh, don't look back, uh, like, so don't go to therapy. No, I need you to go to therapy if you're hurt, or if, especially if you're hurt by the church, so you can work through those things. Um, um, I'm just saying that looking back, it'll take wisdom to know when to look back. You can always tell people are salty, because uh, most of them are just like, <laughs> they're looking back because they've uh, blocked people on Instagram, or they're making passive-aggressive remarks on Facebook, or whatever, and um, instead of seeking God for answers on their journey, they're just looking back pissed off at whatever happened. And um, this doesn't, this does, I'm not trying to not validate people being hurt. Um, I'm just saying that we're meant to be seasoning in a way that builds and uplifts. Not salt in a way that takes over the meal at the table God is trying to set for his people. Um, if you're salty and not in a good way, 
guys, it's okay, but you can't stay there. We've all been there. We've all turned around and got stuck. I have turned around and got stuck. But don't become an altar for hurting people. Keep moving. Don't lag behind. If God says go, go. And I don't know what that means for you. I just know that I'm supposed to say this. If you've been hurt by the church, dude, find another one. Jesus is a good God. And sometimes his people, most times his people, mostly all the time his people are imperfect and they hurt people. I know this. I'm a pastor. I deal with this on the daily. And sometimes traditions or religion has taken the place of people's deep, deep relationship with Jesus. And as a result, it's religion that hurt them or it's imperfect people. It's not Jesus. I heard someone on the internet the other day says, if you get food poisoning at a restaurant, you just don't go back to that restaurant. You go to another restaurant. Guys, if you get food poisoning at a church, it doesn't mean you have to stop going to church. Just find another church. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't give up on Jesus just because religion and people suck and lag behind and turn back. If you feel hurt by the church, don't stop being salt and turn salty. Your flavor... Um, your flavor is important to the season, to the people, to your community around you. And sometimes it just means you need to go. Sometimes it might need you need to you might need to go and don't wait for God to have to push you out. Just be obedient and go. And that might mean you got to go and leave some people behind. That's okay too. Not every a friend of mine recently said um, sometimes there are lifers and then there sometimes there are seasoners. There's some people that are going to be in your life for a season. I can't tell you how many people I thought were lifers. And they were just seasoners. And it sucks. I thought they were going to be in my life forever. I thought I would see their kids grow up. I thought they would be friends forever in my life. That we would be old friends. And it, it's not the case. And that's okay. I can still be thankful for everything they did. And everything that I experienced. Look, I started this podcast season because I was tired of watching people I love give up on Jesus and give up on the bride just because the state of the church is broken. Newsflash fam, it's been broken. You just see it more now because of technology. It was broken when Apostle Paul was writing letters. It was broken when Rome stopped throwing Christians in the Colosseum. And it has remained broken through the, every single denominational growth and split. And to no shock to anyone, it will remain broken until humanity. Oh my God. Until humanity finally understands that we are living in exile in Babylon. This is not eternity, guys. It's going to be broken from here to eternity. And the way we bypass the nonsense of the church and the nonsense of people is by individually choosing to not be salty and instead guard our salt. Get to know Jesus in a real deep way. How do I remain the salt of the earth? You do it by being in the word, being in God's presence, being in constant contact with the Father, being in godly community. Guys, some of you just said, were like, oh, I lost my community when I was hurt by the church. I lost my community in this situation. Dude, they weren't your friends. If you leave a church and no one speaks to you, that's a gang. <laughs> that is not church community. Because I have church community that I have had regardless of what church I go to. And they're going to be in my life forever and ever and ever. It's like your work friends that you're friends with, that you're besties at work, but then you quit working there and like you never talk to them again. Sadly, that's how the church community has has become. But like 
dude, you can change that by not putting so much, um, God, weight on people. And instead of putting that, those expectations on people, put it on God because God's never going to fail you. Most people who will give up on Jesus, guys, I just got to say it. I can't take it. Most people who will give up on Jesus and leave the church never actually knew him. They only knew of him. They only knew him through the filter of a broken church, a broken pastor, a broken youth leader, insert whoever hurt you here. I know this firsthand because I've walked through major church hurt in my youth and on numerous occasions in my adulthood and recently. And I know I have absolutely hurt people as well. But I don't sit in it. I learn from it and I move on. Do I blame the people? No, I learn from it and I move on. If you're sitting in your hurt, you're definitely not in the Word. You're definitely not in God's presence. You're definitely not in constant contact with the Father. And you're definitely not connected to godly community. Chadi, how do you know that? How do you know that? Because, dude, you're hurt. It would stop being salty. Wounds have to heal, guys. They gotta become scars at some point. At some point, you've gotta let it become a scar. Something to remind you of what hurts you, but will keep you moving. My scars teach me something. I know because I'm covered in them. I have a scar under my eye from knocking myself unconscious with a vacuum cleaner. I have another scar under my eye of somebody knocking me unconscious in a, from a canoe situation. I don't know. It's a long story. Anyways, I got another scar of one time I fell through a glass window pane. I have another scar of when accidentally I fell through a door. Like I got scars. I got scars on top of scars on top of scars. And I have an arm covered in tattoos. Like I have things that constantly remind me of my past. Things that constantly remind me of who I want to be. But my scars don't hurt anymore. They've healed. My tattoos don't hurt anymore. They've healed. They're just reminders. And when you're in the Word, when you're in God's presence, when you're in constant contact with the Father through prayer, and when you're in godly community, you're hurt. You give it to God in those moments, and He begins to heal them. So let me encourage you in this. Be diligent in knowing Jesus because you've spent time with Him and not because you've spent time serving in the church. Be diligent in knowing Jesus because you've spent time with him, not because you've spent time working for a church. Be diligent in knowing Jesus because you've spent time with him, not because somebody told you about him, and not because you've spent time with his people who are flawed and imperfect. This will differentiate whether you get salty and stuck or whether you bring flavor to those you encounter. I love you guys.